you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's turn our attention again to our second lesson, the first three verses. After this, I saw four angels who stood at the four corners of the earth. They were holding back the four winds of the earth so that the wind could not blow on the earth, the sea, or any tree. And I saw another angel coming up from the east who had a seal of the living God. He called out with a loud voice to the four angels who were given power to harm the earth and the sea. He said, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until I have placed a seal on the foreheads of God's servants. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some of you are old enough to remember, and if not, maybe have heard about the Tylenol scare. September 1982, there were a bunch of mysterious deaths. Eventually, investigators figured out that everyone who had died mysteriously had taken Tylenol. As they did some more research, they discovered that somebody had been going randomly on shelves and contaminating Tylenol with cyanide. You can imagine if you had any Tylenol on your shelves, you got rid of it. And the company recalled all of the Tylenol, so there wasn't any out there. They did find who the person was that had contaminated those bottles of Tylenol, but it's really the reason that we have the kind of packaging that we have today. Sealed, double, triple sometimes, sealed for your safety. Sealed for safety. That's what the Apostle John sees happening in this portion of his vision in Revelation. To understand why God wanted him to see this happening, we only need to go back to the end of the previous chapter, chapter 6. Chapter 6, John had seen in his vision the sun turn dark and the moon turn blood red. He saw the stars falling to the earth and the, the sky roll up like a scroll. He saw every mountain and island removed. He saw in a vision what Jesus had foretold specifically in so many words in Matthew's Gospel. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Where Peter describes it in this way. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. John not only saw what was happening to the earth, the sun, moon, sky, he saw the reaction that the people who were living on the earth were having. Even the richest, even the most powerful people were filled with fear, with terror. They were trying to hide from the wrath of God. They were saying to the mountains, fall on us, cover us up so we don't have to stand before God and his throne. These people had for years denied the, even the existence of God, had mocked at the idea that there would be a judgment day, and now it was here. They were filled with terror 
because they realized they were wrong. All the money in the world couldn't save them. There was no power that could stop what was coming. The chapter ends with a very important question. When the great day of the Lamb's wrath comes, who is able to stand? John must have felt the answer. As he saw the events happening in his vision, he must have felt in his heart the answer. I'm not able to stand. And able to stand before God, the just and holy God, you'd have to be perfect, completely without a single sin. That means never once having an unkind thought come out of your mouth. Never once having an unclean thought entertained in your mind. Completely and totally without sin. He knew no one should be able to stand before the wrath of the Lamb, before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone should experience his wrath and end up consigned to eternity with Satan in hell. John needed this vision. We need this vision. We need something to give us hope, something to give us peace and comfort. So God gives John a flashback. He shows him what's happening before the events of chapter 6, before the coming to the last day. He shows him that there are four angels holding back the four winds of the earth so that the wind could not blow on the earth, the sea, or any tree. These angels are the ones that are given the authority and the power to bring upon the destruction of the last day on the earth, but they're not carrying it out yet. They're holding that destruction back. They're waiting for the word from God that the day and the hour for the last day has come. Just as Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour, only the Father, not even the angels who are charged with the task of bringing the destruction of the last day. John also hears the reason that these angels are told to wait and to hold back that destruction from coming on the face of the earth. The angel told them, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees until we have placed a seal on the foreheads of God's servants. As Peter said, the reason that the last day has not come yet is God's holding it back. God is patient. He wants everyone to hear the good news of the gospel. He wants everyone to come to repentance. He doesn't want anyone to perish. So what is this seal? The seal that has to be put on the foreheads of God's people before the last day comes. And what does it mean? As you continue reading in Revelation chapter 14, chapter 22, it tells us that the seal is the name of the Lamb and of his father written on their foreheads. The picture is not hard to understand, is it? Throughout history, almost every culture or people understand that if you put your mark, you put your brand, you put your name on something, you're saying, that belongs to me. It's mine. So in this vision, God is showing John, I know who mine are. The Lord knows those who are his. And I'm going to make sure that before the events of the last day come, 
those who are mine are, are sealed for safety so that they, even the gates of hell won't be able to prevail against them. You think about it, it's kind of similar to what God did physically for his people in Egypt. He told them to take the blood of the lamb and paint it on their doorposts, right? So that when the destroyer of the firstborn came to Egypt, he would pass over any of the houses that had been painted with the blood of the lamb. Are you sealed for safety? Remember your baptism. When you were baptized, whoever baptized you, whichever pastor it was, stood there at the font and said, Receive the sign of the cross on the head and on the heart to mark you as a redeemed child of Christ. Then in the name of and the command of Jesus himself, you were baptized with water in the name of the one and only true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God marked you. He has put his name on you. He said, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. Your baptism reminds you that you have that seal. You've been sealed for safety. Remember the supper. In the Lord's Supper, you receive the body of Christ given for you. You receive the blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is painted on the doorposts of your heart. You've been sealed for safety by God. Kind of interesting, Ezekiel had a vision very similar to this one that John had. Ezekiel saw six men, six great warriors with swords drawn. And they're ready to go into Jerusalem and just wipe everybody out. But they're told to wait until one more, not armed with a sword, but armed with a writing kit, goes to Jerusalem first. And that one with the writing kit is to go through the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over the detestable things that are done in it. When he's done that, when he's marked those, then the ones with the swords go in and without mercy or compassion wipe out anybody who does not have that mark. Also interesting, the mark is described as a letter that looks like a cross. Notice who was marked. All those who grieve and lament the detestable things that were being done. The most trustworthy thing that tells you that you've been sealed by God for safety in the last day is your baptism, the Lord's Supper. See, these are objective promises of God. Regardless of what you think or feel, God is telling you something. He's saying, this is true. This is what I have done for you. I've called you by name. You are my people. If we're ever tempted to wonder or doubt if we are God's people or if we're sealed for safety, 
That's where you go. You go to your baptism, you go to the Lord's Supper, objective promises of God that don't fail, that trump any kind of doubt that you might have. It's interesting that a, a secondary indication that you have been sealed for safety by God is the fact that you grieve and lament over the detestable things that are being done in our world. You lament over the fact that God's clear word is being ignored, laughed at, derided. You lament over the fact that a lot of things that God says are sins are not only accepted but celebrated. Things like living together before marriage, homosexuality, things like constant abuse of God's name, hateful speech. You grieve as you hear constant reports, especially lately, of all the human trafficking that's going on in our world, detestable things. You grieve when you hear of the the millions of babies around the world that are aborted, killed by abortion each year. You probably experience disdain, maybe even hatred, because you've tried to stand firm on God's word. And the truth that Peter confessed, that Jesus is the Christ, the only Savior, you've tried to share that with others. Maybe they've rejected it and hated you as a result. Such things certainly don't earn you the right to be sealed for safety. We're saved by grace through faith alone, not by any of our works, not by our fruits of faith. But as much as those things are a fruit of faith, lamenting and grieving over detestable things that we see around us in the world, they are signs that the Holy Spirit has worked in our hearts that you are a child of God. For now, those four angels that John saw, they're still in the same position that he saw. They're still holding back those winds of judgment that one day will come onto the earth. They're holding them back until all those who are God's people have been sealed for safety. What a blessing it is that God gives us an outward sign an objective promise, our baptism, the promises of the Lord's Supper that assures us that we are his and that we are sealed for safety in the last day. When that day does finally come, we won't have to be like those who call on the mountains to cover us, to hide us from the face of God. Because even though we know we don't deserve to be able to stand before him, we know that because of what Jesus has done for us, We don't have to fear. In fact, when we see that day coming, we look up and we rejoice because our redemption is drawing nigh. As those who have been sealed by grace, who grieve and lament over the detestable things that we see happening in our word, may we also serve as those who carry the writing kit, as those who proclaim with the psalmist, O Lord, if you kept a record of sin, who could stand? Nobody. But there is forgiveness with you. 
You sent your son to be the savior of the world, our savior. Proclaim the law and the gospel so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, many more may be brought to faith, brought to be his children and to be sealed for safety on the last day. God's wrath will come. When it does, who will be able to stand before him? No one on the basis of who they are, what they look like, where they came from, what they've done, what they failed to do. No one on the basis of how rich they are or how powerful they are. Only those who are covered with the blood of Jesus. Only those who have his name on their foreheads. Only those who rejoice in the fact that Jesus came to live and die to pay for their sins, who rose again from the dead, who joined Peter in confessing, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, my Savior. Only they are sealed for safety so that when they stand before God, he will declare them safe for all eternity. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join in confessing our faith.